1: Psalm 31 verses 9 through 16 Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and body with grief. My life is consumed by anguish, and my years by groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction, and my bones grow weak. Because of all my enemies. I am the utter contempt of my neighbors, and am an object of dread to my closest friends. Those who see me on the street flee from me. I am forgotten as though I were dead. I have become like broken pottery, for I hear many whispering, terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. But I trust in you, Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Reading from Isaiah chapter 54, verses nine through 10. To me, this is like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed. Thus says the Lord who has compassion on you. Reading from Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 through 18. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of the one who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted.
0: Good morning, and welcome to the fifth Friday of Lent. This is Brother Logan Isaac, broadcasting from Walkers, Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 31, Isaiah 54, and Hebrews 2, read this morning by James McSavenay, a pastor out in the Baltimore area. And something stood out uh, in Isaiah, not just how short the passage is, um, the, the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth. Basically, uh, my mom had this song, and I, I don't remember the words, but it was something like, um, not by flood, but fire next time. And the Noahic covenant, which was sealed with God's bow, an archer's bow, Keshet, um, was that God would never again destroy all living creatures by by flood, by the waters of Noah. And it's this, you know, interesting thing. So the Keshet, the archer's bow, is aimed up at the sky, and he says, I'm not going to harm living creatures anymore, as he's, like, aiming an archer's bow, his bow, up at himself, God's self. And it's this really interesting thing, because the... If you hear from, like, churches or whatever that, uh, you know, um, God doesn't change, God is the same yesterday, same, and forever, um, it may not compute that, in fact, God does change. God changes God's mind all the time. And the flood was one of them. The world was so overrun with corruption and evil and violence that he floods it out, hoping that maybe, maybe it's just a bad seed, maybe I need to get rid of them. I'll keep the best ones I can find, Noah and his sons and their wives, and I'll keep just enough animals to just start over. Fuck it. You know, they're doing this all wrong. And one of the, I mean, when we talk about the violent Old Testament God, we usually think about Joshua and Judges. Um, But, I mean, we have to talk about Noah as well. Um, God actually thought it it would work to just, Kill as many as possible in the hopes that that would just snuff out violence and and evil. And as a promise to to humanity, um, which we we're all descendants of Noah now, he places his archer's bow in the sky and points it up at himself and says, "I'm not going to do that again. I've you know I've I've seen that what I thought was would work doesn't work." Um. And Isaiah picks this up, the Noahic covenant up, um, and he says, "This is like the days of Noah to me. You know, everybody's dying; they're being flooded out. Uh, you know, the the world's you know gravest um, you know catastrophe that you can imagine." And he reminds us that God has reminded us that we will not be killed all at once by water again. Now the you know, it's a little bit of foreshadowing for Christians who have the Book of Revelation and think that everything's going to be burned up. And you know, depending on your your sense of how literal or figurative the the Book of Revelation is, um, but it it dawned on me that Isaiah makes prophecies about the Messiah, the Messiah, not like all the messiahs that are priests that are Massah or anointed. Um, But God's fully anointed one um, is foreshadowed a lot in in Isaiah. And we so often make it, it, it's hard for us to imagine, you know, God of the Old Testament and Joshua and Judges and Noah and this God who dies on the cross and who rejects violence, who has every opportunity to just lay waste to all the dumb shit, you know, douchebaggery, and God doesn't. Um, but this line from Isaiah, I have sworn that I shall not be angry with you and I will not rebuke you. And think about that. What did Jesus do? He had every right and the the Sadducees looked at him to do so. The people looked at him to do so, to to rebuke all these so-called evildoers. But God has sworn that God will not be angry with Israel and by extension with the world. I mean, this is... Noah was before Jews or Israel existed, before Abraham existed. And so this you, this anger with you, by linking it to Noah, is not about just the Jews, just the you know, the the direct descendants, the the genealogical descendants of Abraham, it's for you, the whole world. My steadfast love will not be will not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed says the Lord who has compassion on you. Now, in the time of Isaiah, both the kingdoms were still standing, I think, Um, but they were soon to fall. And so it's not directed at the northern kingdom of Israel that's about to fall, and it's not directed at the southern kingdom of Judah that will fall in another 200 years. Um, It is directed at you, all of the earth, all of you who suffered under the, the waters of Noah. And so it's this casting forward. I think it's I think it's a prophecy, even if the evangelists didn't see it. It helps me make sense of you know the difficulty of look. You know God did all these things, and God, Jesus is Joshua, but he's also Joshua the high priest. And um, but it's right here. Isaiah seems to be making a prophecy that he will no longer do the things that he once thought worked. He will not rebuke us. He will not be angry with us. And that sounds a whole lot like Jesus. Jesus had every opportunity and right to be angry, and he didn't. The path that God chose in the Son uh, was not one of rebuke. It was not one of overwhelming anger. Certainly, um, <clears throat> I think Jesus was angry, but that wasn't how. That wasn't his. Um, you know, that wasn't. That was never his immediate response. If it was <laughs> ever, I mean, the turning tables. I'm sure that wasn't the only time that happened, um, but uh, he, at the the critical moment when violence is about to be used against God, God does not use violence in order to get God's will. Um, in fact, it is God's will that violence be done against him, because in the Noahic Covenant, the rainbow was an arrow, an archer's bow pointed at God, um, and I think that's a really important prophetic word. That the evangelists may not have noticed—that you know, few of us really ever notice—but I think it's. I, I mean, I'm I'm really intrigued at at what that might actually be saying in terms of this discomfort that we have about what we think of the old, the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament, how those two are linked, not just in you know lovey-dovey puppies and rainbows way, but like straight from Scripture. A prayer for the right use of God's gifts from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, whose loving hand has given us all that we possess, grant us grace that we may honor you with our substance, and, remembering the account which we must one day give, may be faithful stewards of your bounty, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.